You're listening to Contesting Wrestling, Minisode 13. Reflecting now on regular episode 14, which involved the unbreakable triple threat, uh, TNA unbreakable triple threat between Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, and Samoa Joe, as well as the 2009 King of the Mountain match. Just to start off, a few corrections. Number one, I said something that kind of suggested that the WWF title was the first to break off from the NWA world title. That's not true. The AWA world title broke off first in 1960. Uh, the WWF title came in 63. Every major North American wrestling title came from the NWA title for decades and decades and decades. The first major North American title that I can think of that in no way was an offshoot from it was the Ring of Honor title. Mm. Though spiritually, it was very close to it in a lot of ways. Was it? Well, it, in that it was... Um, a throwback to in that it was a throwback to classic wrestling in a lot of ways and also that it was sort of uniting the new territories which was the indie scene yeah, I, see, I suppose uh, they'll give a shout out to the IWTV championship right now who's yes. really independent um, bringing together the indie scene and their champion warhorse he's like if the ultimate warrior wasn't a terrible person good good stuff guys go warhorse I would like to offer I suppose this is a correction of sorts in that I wish other less good wrestling would correct itself to be more good like this wrestling was. Yeah. The the triple threat match, yes, not the, triple, the king of the No. Man. Okay. The king of the man. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> well, I guess, we made we are, you watch another one. Yes. Yeah. You made me watch another one that we'll was get equally that. confusing. I just like, I don't. Wrestling seems like it shouldn't have a lot of rules. You know what I mean? Like it seems like you should have a couple rules <laughs> that you know. Because if it's Put the penalty box, <laughs> the penalty box. <laughs> if it's too many rules, then it's just then you're thinking about the rules as yeah, opposed yeah. to the right. You know what I mean? Like it's at least it's um like for the fact that I've my brain has melted because I've watched six Royal Rumbles in the last like short period of time, um for the various Royal Rumble episodes that we've got coming up. I at least was like, I was like, okay, there's like two things you got to remember about the Royal Rumble. Right. Somebody comes in every two minutes and somebody gets eliminated if they go over the top rope and both feet touch the ground. Perfect. Fucking right. perfect. It's Something an, like two minutes. It, yeah. It's enough to make it interesting, but it's not so much that you're wondering, well, why is this guy? Yeah. What? I, I think Vince Russo is responsible for most of the really convoluted matches with... Too many rules, especially and things on poles and reverse versions of matches that were compelling. Well, it's like a ladder match, except you hang the ladder, uh, you hang the the belt instead of going up and getting the belt. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about uh, this other King of the Mountain match in a in a premium episode. But this this one from '09 was just so confusing, and it's not even just confusing. It's that everybody, almost everybody in it, either shouldn't have been in it or they clearly didn't want to be in it. And Mick Foley was the champion for some reason, and he should have stopped wrestling a long time before that. And oh my God, I just can't go on about that enough. If I was going to have an inverted ladder match, I would have a pit match in which uh, it would have to take place outside where you're on soil and then the uh you, you would have to, have to you would have to dig a hole to then throw your opponent into the hole and then if this they This is called in... a buried alive match we have this <laughs> yeah, There've only been uh, there've only been maybe 3 of them but they have totally done that I I don't know why I'm surprised I don't know I don't know why I was expecting 
Any any the other response? Thing is, we have a, there's a <laughs> casket match where you have to put your opponent in a casket, that makes and sense. then there's the buried alive where you have to bury them. They've never combined them, which I think uh, is yeah. a natural oh, evolution yeah. of that. Well, then that's you know you should get then you should incorporate some like get some magicians in there too. So it's like maybe like have a wrestler trap a magician in the uh, you know I'm actually taking this too far. I think they Not did have Indiana. one where they pulled the casket out or they opened the casket. And the Undertaker had mysteriously vanished. Ah, so they've already yes, kind of done right, that. Uh, yeah. uh, a couple other corrections. Uh, Jerry Jarrett was uh, the booker of Memphis wrestling, the CWA, not Mid South. I, okay, yes. I had mistakenly said Mid South wrestling. Uh, Bill which Watts, is, right? That was Bill Watts and um, and uh, Bobo Brazil, mm. I believe. Yeah. Um, and last, Ernie Ladd. Ernie Ladd. Ernie, Ernie Ladd. Ladd. Ernie. Yes, definitely the, the big cat. Big cat, a very look. Look up Ernie Ladd sometimes, even just not for his wrestling stuff. He's a very significant figure, very significant. Um, and last Big correction, I had I described this spot where uh, one person gets monkey flipped into a Hurricane Rana from the triple threat. I misdescribed it. It is Christopher Daniels monkey flipping AJ Styles into a Hurricane Rana on Samoa Joe. Just wanted to make that clear. If Joe could catch all of that. And do the flip for the Hurricane Rana. So this triple threat uh, really blew minds when it came out. Like, people couldn't believe it. And we had already seen some stuff like this because we had been watching Ring of Honor. Uh, but people who were just tuning into TNA as an alternative to the WWE had never seen anything like this. And at the time in the WWE, like, they were kind of doubling down on big muscle guys for the first time in a while. They were pointedly and and um, explicitly slowing the style down. This was the right decision for the WWE, don't get me wrong. Over the course of the late 90s and the early 2000s, they had gotten to a point where everybody was hitting so hard, so fast, so spectacularly that nothing meant anything. So they needed to kind of like pull it back in order for anything to go. But this was... I remember at the very end of WCW, these guys started trickling in too late. And it was, WCW was known in part for hiring a bunch of luchadors, a bunch of Mexican wrestlers, to do the high-flying style in Lucha Libre. And that was the most spectacular thing that American wrestling fans had ever seen, these guys doing Hurricane Ranas and, uh, you know, various lucha arm drags off the ropes and dives over the top. But it didn't look anything like what would become the American indie style. The American indie style looked like car crashes and, like, it looks kind of like what you'd see as, like, parkour if the purpose was to fail. And that's what you see a lot with these early indie matches, just crash and burn clips. And it was, you know, it was just crazy to see. I mean, the best of Ring of Honor wasn't like that. And, and no. we'll, we'll talk about that in the premium episode where we talk about that inaugural ROH triple threat match, which had a lot more emphasis on realism and technical wrestling. Yeah, I'm thinking more of like like the Young Dragons versus Three Count from 2000 and Nitro. You know, all those super young guys who could do whatever moves you wanted them to, and it didn't hurt because they were so young. You know, I see a lot of that in Darby Allen now. It's like, I like Darby Allen. Uh, He's 30 going to come for him, and he's not going to be happy about it. Same thing happened to Mick Foley, you know? Remember, no one feels pain until they're 25. Right. After that, it's just constant if, if you, if suffering. You, if you think you feel pain before 25, like, it's not that you're wrong, but wait. I, it's not that you don't feel pain, but you more, like, have occasional interactions with pain right like pain is a thing that hap like happens sometimes oh no i've been hit by a bus i'll <laughs> i'll just 
smoke cigarettes until I'm better. I'll and lock then, it up. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, and then, yeah, it's not until you get older where it's pain is more just like a um, uh, a, a curse, an ancient curse that has laid upon you and your family yeah. that you have to just bear forever. Like, I wake up in the morning, whatever arm I was sleeping on is numb. Yeah. I find out whether or not this is a day my neck and shoulder is going to hurt mysteriously. And I'm not even sad or complaining yeah. about it. Oh, That's yeah. just, like, I'm fine. Whatever. I'm still alive. I know people who are doing a lot worse since I got in better shape in my mid twenties. Unlike a lot of people of my generation, my back usually feels okay. Even if my limbs aren't doing very well. <laughs> so cool. I, I, I have to say I did have, I had constant back pain yeah. in my twenties yeah. and for the for the amount that everything else hurts and I can neither san- stand nor sit for long periods of time at this age, oh. my back is generally fine, uh, every, especially since I started working out. Like, every few minutes sitting at this table we're recording, I have to extend my legs. And yeah. I, I think Ben just thinks I like him more than I do. And like I like Ben, but not in the, not in the not in the footsie sort of way. It's just if I don't click my oh, knee yeah. every five or ten minutes, we have a problem. I'm yeah. I'm aggressively kicking you. Under, so just, I want you to know I want you to feel that. That pain. Oh, that's what yes, that pain yeah. is. Um, <laughs> yoga for me is key. I had horrible back problems only yeah. a few years ago, and since I've stretched properly, that's mm. mostly gone away. And what kind of yoga do you do, Professor? DDPY! Yeah. Once again, he's not paying us to say that, but if he'd like to, hey, we will accept yes. it. No, we should do <laughs> yeah. a whole episode on Diamond Dallas Page eventually. Oh, I, I love so, Page so much. He is a yeah. true bodhisattva. He, I, I haven't believe. seen it. <laughs> That's interesting. I haven't seen it yet, but I know he wrestled on uh, Dynamite this week, I think. Oh, did he? <laughs> uh, we, um, so we were thinking about, at one point, uh, my partner and I, we were like uh, thinking about different things we could get into. And we both like doing yoga. We've both done a lot of yoga with Adrian uh, on YouTube. Adrian. She's fucking great. Uh, and then my parents, because my parents are strange people who get into weird stuff uh, that you wouldn't expect. I mentioned it offhand to them. I was like, oh, yeah, Ben does this thing, DDP yoga. My father was like, oh, yeah, we have that. Uh, We tried to do it for a while, but we didn't hear. Let me give you the DVDs and stuff. And so Laura and I tried to do uh, the DVDs, and it's nothing against the the actual content of DDP yoga. Like, I know a lot of people who've done it who say it really works for them. It seems great. Uh, He himself... Seems like a great wrestling character, yeah. but I I did not care for his style, and especially <laughs> I squeeze c- those glutes. I could not. Uh, I, I I certainly couldn't blame Laura for the fact that she wasn't super pleased with the fact that he was kind of like, ladies, if you want to hold back the sands of time, do this because that <laughs> squeeze obviously, those glutes. Yeah, because that obviously is just like if you want to maintain your sexual value right. li- into an age in which most women are considered dried up, worthless husks, keep I, squeezing those ass cheeks. I would guess like I still watch the old uh, videos from that era. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. I still you can, you can edit. You can edit that. <laughs> out. I'll, I'll put a bleep there, and no one will really be able to figure out what it meant. Yeah. Uh, um. But uh, I imagine he stopped saying stuff like that in the more recent videos. <laughs> Who knows? Well, there's a market for that. People like us, like and me, like, oh, that's terrible. You know, there's a lot of people out there who hear that and go, well, I'd like to turn back the sounds. Oh yeah. Look, nothing against. And it, also, but, uh, <laughs> for the record, like DDP's in his 60s, and like he took a lot of bumps in wrestling, and before that, he was a 
nightclub owner and everybody that like knows him and follows him does it because he's in his 60s and he can still lift his leg up over his head and he's in oh, incredible by shape. By the way, I'm not, oh, yeah. it was originally called YRG, Yoga yeah. for Regular Guys, and the tagline was, it's not your mama's yoga. <laughs> so right. He reminds me of my friend's uncle when I was like growing up who was the kind of guy who would figure out what part of your body you were the most anxious about and then give you a derogatory nickname based on that attribute. So tits, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of that's the energy that uh, DDP has for me. So speaking of uh, insensitivity, um, (laughs) a couple of things that have been in the news lately. So we mentioned Tessa Blanchard. Um, They did. That's a developing story. Yeah. As of the recording of this episode, she just won the Impact World title last night. Um, So, you know, Impact, I think, is the only wrestling company on TV, on actual broadcast TV, that does intergender wrestling at this point. And she is now the champion of not of either not of uh, the women's division but um, the, the the impact, impact knockouts division not still the knockouts yeah we'll talk yeah. about that in the yeah. premium episode too um <laughs> but uh and so this is great but on the eve of this happening uh she was called out for bullying and using racial slurs uh in a japanese locker room um and then against the the wrestler's name is black rose i think i'm not i think so i'm not, I'm not honestly too sure I'm, I'm i wasn't aware of her beforehand but a whole bunch of other women have come out saying yeah tessa is fairly toxic yeah backstage the wwe didn't sign her despite the fact that she's very good i i thought she turned down the offer because no. she wanted to build her name on the indies she, she didn't she didn't turn down no offer they passed on her um, huh. Did you did you see today what uh, what Jabber Tears podcast posted? No. Well, they put. Well, first of all, they said, "Look, whatever the situation was, don't don't ever say the n word." But right. they also said uh, that they heard, and this is all just he said, she said. But the, they said they got a close a source close to the situation. I trust Jabber Tears enough that said, "Well, the whole story is that this other woman spit on her first, and." Uh, and then they got into it and that there's way more to the story than like just the people who have actually had it in for Tessa for years are saying. And like, so I'm, I'm going to um, withhold really hard judgment as because all of this is still just people saying and people are still saying. Yeah. Um, she did win the uh, the Impact Championship and Impact, you know, employs several problematic people. And like, it's one of the reasons why I don't really watch their product. Um, completely separate for the reasons why I stopped watching the product a decade ago because it was terrible. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting story, and uh, we'll see if it if anything or much comes of it. Um, on that, uh, on a similar note, um, so we we talked a bit in uh, previous minisodes, I think, about the issues surrounding Ring of Honor these yeah. days, and um, uh, Kelly Klein and. Um, uh, Joey Mercury calling them out for not taking care of the wrestlers um, and various other problems. And the women in particular. I just wanted to note their champion, PCO, yeah. recently came out saying, I don't know what they're talking about. They've taken great care of me. Um, I haven't seen any of these problems. Now, of course, he has a vested interest being the champion, being a guy yeah. that they've really pushed in defending the company. 
But anyway, that's a, an update on that developing situation. I mean, I'm sure he had a few offers, considering how big of a deal he had become on the Indies and uh, the fact that he's not going to be able to be around for that many more years because he's already in his 50s and having such a career renaissance. So it doesn't surprise me that, like, they're taking care of him. It's the, it's the lower-level right. people, you know, just like, just like even up in the WWE, the lower-level uh, people are like, well, how come we're not seeing any of this pie where we have a, a regular job like the... the um... And the lower-level people, including the entire women's division, that has never been given yeah. really a fair shot. And, and most of the NXT roster, despite the fact that they're on television now, like a lot of them have not seen much more money, and they've noticed... And there are options now when your contracts run up to do something else. You know, the next few years are going to be extremely interesting in wrestling. There's going to be a whole reshuffling of the deck. There's also, like, word that there's problems at the Performance Center because they've signed so many people. They don't have enough room for everyone to have a locker, let alone, like, develop. Just to clarify, you were talking about people in NXT who came from Ring of Honor. No, I'm talking about the entire NXT roster, except the people oh, okay. who like got the sweetheart deals in the first gotcha. place just to go to NXT. People who came through the developmental system but are now on television, like they're not making that much more money. I always felt bad for the 205 Live roster. Oh, yeah. Because they were getting even smaller contracts and no merchandise whatsoever. Yeah, they, they each now really have like... they each have now one basic T-shirt. Do they? Well, you remember a few weeks ago where they put out like, a t-shirt for everybody on the roster, like everyone in the NXT and, and stuff roster. Everyone gets that one shirt now. Gotcha. Um, but they never made an Austin Aries shirt when no. he was there. They never made a Drew Gulak shirt when he was on 205. Yeah, Even on, though guys. he'd come out with his own shirt design, they never actually sold that. Yeah. Missed opportunities. And uh, somebody's dropping the ball hard with all of that. And eventually these wrestlers with worth on television are just going to leave because there are options now. Uh. I wanted to comment a little bit on I mean, we'll we'll talk about this more as time goes on and we watch more of them. But, you know, Evan, on this episode, you talked a lot about how much you like the triple threat formula. Yeah. Um, and I think just to comment a little bit about what I think is sort of a limitation of it uh, or a couple of limitations of it. For one thing, and I think one reason why this is lost on you is, as we've commented on before, uh, you really you, you're not you haven't gotten to the point yet where you care who wins really and who's better than who, um, because the, the thing about the triple threat match is it's never really decisive. It's not like a one on one match where the winner is clearly, you know, as long as it's a clean finish and whatever mm -hmm. is clearly the better. What's nice about the triple threat is it opens up a bunch of story possibilities because you have one person win. Now, the person who didn't get pinned or submitted can say, hey, you didn't really beat me. And the person who did get pinned or submitted, and we'll see this in the ROH match on the premium episode, can say, oh, well, you know, it took both of you to beat me. Right. I wouldn't have lost in a one on one match. Yeah. So the fact that it's not decisive means it's not great for sort of like ending a feud. For being the big sure, I blow could see off that. I could see for that. the feud. Um, I also can could totally see how it opens up a lot of possibilities to be worse, and it opens up a lot of possibilities to make it more boring. Like I, I would imagine that it is easier. Two okay wrestlers could have a good match on a good night, but to have a triple threat, you need to have three people who are either. Uh, who are all who are either used to working with each other and like know how they all work and like know what to do, or just three 
incredibly good experienced wrestlers who can work together because it's just that much easier for it to be boring. I I think also you have to suspend disbelief a little bit more with the triple threat match because you have to, you know, allow for one person to just be kind of out of the match for a little while or some of these, you know, sort of convoluted three person spots. You know, it's it's. There's a little less realism. It looks a lot more like they're people. working together at some points. That's true. Apart. That's certainly yeah. true. Than working against each other, which it should look like. So, and that's why, strangely enough, there really only have been a handful of great triple threat matches, and we'll probably watch all of them at some point. <laughs> yeah. But has there ever been a solid? I probably asked this on the episode and just forgot. Has there ever been a solid one in the WWE? Oh yeah, well oh, the, certainly. The main event of WrestleMania 20 is one of the greatest matches of all time between Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit, and Triple H. I'd very much like to watch that on this podcast. That sounds eventually. like that definitely involves two thirds good <laughs> wrestling, <laughs> one third good people. Well, they needed a heel, right? Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. By the way, I'm just saying I think that Triple H is as bad of a person. I'm probably going to cut that joke. Uh, <laughs> just, just leave it at that. <laughs> leave it at that. Leave it at that. Um, uh, you know, when they do live edits on WWE shows, whenever like somebody's like cursing because they'll do it, they'll, they'll like drop the sound completely for about two seconds. I always presume what they're saying is just Chris Benoit. Do oh, <laughs> I meant to ask, do they bleep out the F? On every instance of somebody saying WWF, okay. they did for a while because yeah. I definitely saw that on on something that yeah. we I watched recently, and I was like, "Oh my god, did somebody they have to, to go through the entire the archive?" Dude, they had to go through the archive and blur out every uh, WWF logo uh, for a while. They Eventually, could, uh, they settled on. I could just imagine Vince McMahon like those fucking panda motherfuckers. Yeah. They could keep the block WWF logo from the 80s, the the scratch logo from the Attitude Era they had to blur out. They eventually reach some kind of settlement that when they produce new stuff, they don't necessarily have to bleep out the phrase WWF when they're re-releasing old things now. But yeah, for years, they did have to go through their entire archive and scrub it, and now they don't go through the... Uh, the effort of putting it back because that's a whole other yeah, job yeah. for the most part. I mean, most of the stuff on the network has the WWF logo. I mean, I mean them saying the phrase WWF. Oh, okay. they edit the I F see. out. The, yeah, there was a, there were a yeah. few instances that I heard of welcome to the WW. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They had to do that legally. A big thing between the agreement between the world wrestling federation and the world wildlife fund initially was about using the phrase WWF. And they were like, well, you can you can be the World Wrestling Federation as long as you always say World Wrestling Federation, which they agreed to and then didn't. Uh... Um, and then both sides kind of just ignored it until the internet started coming around and it became a lot more confusing with like trying to search the for stuff. The domain name, I think, was something they fought over. Yeah. WWF.com. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I think neither sense. of them eventually got even... Uh, but now it's it now it's just where's Waldo fan fiction. Right. So when when they decided when the, they started getting sued over it in 2002, they didn't fight it very hard. Like the, the WWF to the WWE's lawyers who are very good 
uh, basically looked at each other and looked at Vince and said they're going to win. So immediately they were like, no more F. They did a big, they put all of their crew members in the new logo WWE t-shirts. They did a big advertising campaign called Get the F Out, which was hilarious. Perfect. And yeah, Perfect. it was really good. Yeah. They, they like accepted their fate and moved on. And now yeah. they've been the WWE for 17, 18 years. The, the uh, only yeah. kind of annoying thing about it is the logo is just WW. Right. Dubba dubba. The, the E is just like implied. Oh, yeah. I guess I never really thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's always bothered me. <laughs> um, One last thing I want to say about TNA. Evan, you made a comment about how, you know, yeah, people showed up to the impact zone probably because it's like the third best thing to do in Orlando that night. You did the research. It's actually the sixth best <laughs> thing to do in Orlando because <laughs> well, I mean, Orlando was popping 24 7. Well, I mean, come on. Actually. The situation is that that audience was not a paying audience. Okay, so the Impact Zone was one of three sound stages in Universal Studios Orlando. Ah. And if you visited Universal Studios, that was one of the attractions as you got to sit in and watch TNA wrestling. So they didn't sell a single fucking ticket. <laughs> uh, well, they, they sold like vacation packages that yeah, included yeah. it. But you, yeah, you, you could line up specifically for it if you if you wanted to, and people did. I mean, it's, that's how like late night shows work. Exactly, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the the people were there as an audience, like because you need an audience to do a live television show, which is why the audience was always really loud. But at times, it would seemed a little like it wasn't really fake because it's like people were totally excited to be there for the great action. But it was like it was a little much. And I guess it also makes sense that, like, it, you know, that way you're guaranteeing that it's going to be full and it looks yeah. good on TV. Right. Whereas, you know, if you were charging, if you were charging tickets, like, nobody wants to put a half-empty fucking small theater on television because that, like, that does not WCW did it <laughs> yeah. for many years. When Eric Bischoff took over WCW, one of the first things he did was cut all non-televised live events. And which the wrestling, hardcore wrestling fans wanted to crucify him for. But he was like, look, every show we do, we lose money. And we end up giving away a bunch of tickets to all of this. So people had started coming to the shows who just needed a warm place to drink their hidden liquor and fall asleep on seats. And they just didn't want to do that. Why would they do? Why would they book a 5,000 seat arena and then give away tickets to 1,000 people and sell tickets to another 200 people and lose a bunch of money they, when you're not drawing people? They refused to book smaller places Right. Nitro also. Well, once Nitro know, came along, they started drawing people again. But yeah. For a little while. Oh, they should have started booking smaller places for Nitro towards the end. That's yeah. for sure. Um, it's hard though because Nitro collapsed so quickly and so completely, and you got to book those venues a year out in advance. If I was booking WCW venues in mid two thousand and mid nineteen ninety eight, I'd think, yeah, we need three stadium shows next year. That's that's what our ticket sales are. But by mid ninety nine, everybody had left because the show got so terrible so quickly. Ugh. See, the problem with doing a WCW episode is that really you have to watch every episode of Nitro, and that takes years. <laughs> and like, and you don't do that. So I guess, uh, listeners, this is us telling you that we are never doing a WCW we'll, episode. Well, <laughs> we'll, 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 cover, we'll cover bits and pieces. Um, yeah, uh, last thing we talked about, Don West. I didn't realize he was a manager for TNA for a while. He managed the Amazing Red. Yeah, he managed Red. He was Red's biggest fan. And Red couldn't really cut a promo like that, but Don West could. Yeah, we got a whole lot more Don West on the premium episode. Oh, yeah. He just yells constantly. Yes. Everything he's ever seen is the greatest thing he's ever seen. 
I mean, there's worse ways to go through life. Oh, sure. There's there's worse things I've seen in wrestling. And I like Don West as an announcer, okay. But, like, if he had done it for another five or six years, he, I think he would have tempered it a little bit and learned how to not be so just, I'm screaming at you. No, you don't get if it. I'm screaming at you. If you never make another major decision in your entire life, your last one should be to buy this baseball card set. <laughs> You got to watch some of this. I will, I will, absolutely. Even for infomercial standards, it's crazy. Um, I guess, uh, and and also uh, related to that, bringing up the guy who I brought up in that, because I believe that was when I talked about Matthew Lesko, right? Was that when I brought him up? Uh, This fucking friend, dude that I knew in high school that I'm Facebook friends with who lives in D.C., two days ago post a picture and he's like, Oh, I think Matthew Lesko lives in my neighborhood. Cause there was a car that was covered in like, um, uh, fucking like, it looks like the Riddler's car <laughs> with like uh, question marks. But then it also had like a uh, big sign about getting free money from the government, which I guess he's still doing free money to That's pay right. your bills. They did put him in jail at one point. Oh, I'm sure and, he's uh... committed a number of crimes. I mean, just just that book. Like a lot of it is just like, are you broke? Apply for welfare. It's like yeah. that's. <laughs> that, that's. I mean, not, you're yeah. not wrong, but that's not really like yeah. the secrets to make money. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I always. Yeah, I always thought that it was like about grant writing. I never actually <sighs> looked into Matthew Lesko at all or what he does. That's what, that would be great if it's just like, oh, uh, what you should do is just pretend to get hit by a car and then sue yeah, people. Right. Um, that is a great idea, though. You should do that. I want our listeners to take away that knowledge from this podcast either that or start a podcast right? yes yeah, yeah that's with we're a, with right. a patreon that you should totally support uh we'd like to thank our new patron lord omelet yes thank you lord um, omelet and uh, and all of our other Enj- patrons enjoy yeah. our archive of premium episodes which is getting bigger and bigger and you can access if you join our five dollar tier every week we put out another premium episode um that is just as well taken care of and curated as our regular episodes. They usually compliment them in some way. And people like them. They message me. They're like, these are good. And I'm like, I know. Tell your friends. I, I, it was a really big deal. Lord Omelette, you might not know this. You are the first patron that we have that we don't know personally. And none of us have ever met. So. Of course, now watch I say this and then he's going to message us like, I I went to high school with you guys. <laughs> and we're going to be like, oh, my God, we're fucking monsters. Uh, like, if, you, if you went to high school, you, he didn't use the name Lord Omelette, I'm sure. I did know a Lord Omelette, actually. That, did no, you? I, I did no. not. I okay. did not. No. I do like eggs. We love you. Yes. Um, listen to the next episode. Oh, this is going to cut. It doesn't matter. Listen to whatever the next episode is. Okay, yeah, I don't want to make it that Listen to all our episodes yeah. on loop every day, then delete them and download them again, because mm-hmm. that totally counts, I think. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. All right. Goodbye.